Welcome to the first ever podcast edition of Brainwaves. I am your host, Alex Corbett, and today we will be addressing technology inequality in the classroom. What inequalities do kids face in an increasingly tech-dependent world, and what are teachers, schools, and our communities doing about it? To get to the bottom of what's happening in schools today with technology, I thought of no one better than my own father, Brian Corbett. He is a science teacher at Bernice McNaughton High School, and he is an unofficial tech guy that has been working with new kinds of technology in the classroom for years. I sat down for a 20-minute interview with my dad over the telephone, and while I don't have the audio here, it's too long to use, I've got some of the highlights coming here right at you now. And the biggest point that's really stuck with me is the level of inequality found in today's schools. It's not just some people have nicer phones than others, some people don't have the basic means of survival. So having technology is one of the lowest priorities for them. And that means the school is filling in in this role of parent for a lot of these kids, adding multiple difficulties. So how do you address gaps in technology when some kids aren't getting three steady meals a day? Well, as of yet, it hasn't really affected the technology education in the schools because most of the technology is provided in a traditional sense, computer lounges or laptops, or is either used by the teacher who can provide their own equipment. But that's going to change. Bernice Wiedon High School is adopting a bring your own device policy next year. Students are going to be using their own equipment, their own technology in the classroom. And that sounds great. That can enable a lot of different kinds of learning, but it also is going to highlight the differences in what students have access to. And this inequality of access is more complicated than we might think at first. It's not just a question of uh, who has devices, who has better devices, and who has the best use of devices. There's a real unbalanced approach to what some kids have access to. For instance, uh, Brian pointed out one student who had a functioning device who could do things on their uh, devices but didn't have any Wi-Fi at home. So this kid had to go to a local Starbucks every day to use the internet there. Now this is a unique case. Brian says that the student was particularly motivated and can't really expect other students who don't have Wi-Fi to you go other places for school projects. This kid went to school the day after being hit by a truck. He, we can't expect that level of motivation from everybody. So this is where the school, the teachers, and the community comes in to help bridge that gap between the technology abled and technology uh, lagging. So as of yet, the community has provided uh, several donations. There's been families who've brought in uh, bundles of laptops and, and those laptop charging stations. Uh, there's been parent groups fundraising for tech, various uh, resources online, various uh, tablets or what have you. And there's also been grants that have been acquired from private companies. Uh, a recent grant that Brian had actually applied for was uh, $20,000 that was used to get uh, 80 Galaxy T4 tablets. So there's different ways of accessing funding and support for this technology, but it's more complicated than just finding the monetary resources. A huge issue is uh, the knowledge and know-how on the teacher's part to make use of these resources. Many teachers have been in the business for decades, and that offers a lot of experience, but it also makes change a lot harder. So when you're taking teachers who have used 
old school projectors with plastic slides on them for however many years, getting them to adopt apps, uh, new programs, things that might not be working right at the start can be very difficult and it really limits the ability of what can be done in a school. But it's not just adults who might lag in technological skills. Some kids who have all the access and all the means of enabling technological learning are just don't have the skill set to do it. A lot of adults assume that they stereotype kids as being born with a phone in their hand, but really there's going to be a lot of students who don't ha aren't familiar with complicated functions of how to get the best education out of their phone. And so now you have uh, imbalanced level of access to technology, you have imbalance of uh, skills and ability to use that technology, as well as only some teachers who are able to provide education and build these skills in their students. So what's to be done? Well, Brian says there's a number of things you can do right now to make technology access go further. First of all, you can pair kids up. Kids who have access to devices can help those who don't. Kids who are more comfortable with certain technologies, who know how to use them, can help others move their own skills further. But beyond that, it's going to take a lot more education for teachers. There are tech resources in schools, but they are clinically understaffed. They're pulled too tight over a large amount of technology they have to keep an eyes on. So what we need to do is get as many teachers as possible comfortable with the technology they're using. That sounds basic, but really is going to take that commitment from teachers. Remember those 80 uh, tablets I mentioned earlier? Brian got those on August of this year, and as of October, they're still sitting in the box unopened. That's not because no one wants to use them, it's because they don't have the resources to go through all of these tablets, get them working, get them functional in a school setting, and make them work for a learning curriculum. But let's say we've worked past all that. Let's say that the school has enough resources to provide devices for students, to provide insights on how to use those devices, and things are running as equitably as they should be. What's next? Well, when you're dealing with technology, you always have to keep an eye on what is coming. And Brian says that for him, one of the big interests is AI. AI, uh, artificial intelligence, might come into the school system in some capacity as it's already making inroads in the private sector. There's also the Internet of Things, which ties into everyday objects creating data. Now, the other side of this coin is you got to look out for fads. Brian says that he was uh, an early doubter of smart boards because they kind of just digitize an already functional technology. They don't innovate what can, can be done. They don't improve on the things that can be done. They just change how things are done. And you know what? I agree with him. A lot of smart boards right now across the province are collecting dust, and it's because they didn't make enough of an impact in the classroom. That being said, it's important to take risks, to take chances, and to put resources to technology. Most of all, putting it to the education of teachers so they can spread that education to others. The gap between those who have access to technology and have the means to use it, and those who don't, is going to only get wider as problems in society such as demographics, as employment, as poverty all grow. We're going to see more and more 
difference between people who can move forward and can't. It's the school's responsibility to put resources forward that are going to help everybody achieve an equitable level of education in a technological age. So thank you for listening to Brave Waves. That was my interview with Brian Corbett, my own father. Uh, he's a very tech-savvy guy. I, if I come away with only half of his tech ability, I'll be in a good position. And hopefully you'll be in a good position listening to this podcast. Tune in for another episode of Brainwaves in the not-too-distant future and keep working on fighting the gap of inequality. Thanks for listening. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, hello, hello. Going up to your face to get a recording. Go. Okay. Uh, hi, I'm Shislam Mayat, and I'm playing an appear list uh, with Admiral Screed. Uh, it has a Psy Moon with uh, uh, Spinal Armaments, uh, XX Nines, whichever one is the uh, two face up cards one, um, uh, Firepower to Maximum, or Intensify Firepower, that's the one. Uh, let's see, Gunnery Team, of course, um, Emperor Palpatine. I should have just brought the trailer. You don't need to do the whole thing. <laughs> okay. But just tell me what the ships are. So basically, a Psy Moon, uh, Interdictor with, uh, with um, Gravity Well. Uh, and uh, Tiger Scramblers with uh, heavy ion emplacements and also a, a Gladiator with uh, with Demolisher and uh, Assault Concussions. Are you playing for first or second? I'm uh, I'm going for first. I have uh, like a 14 or 15 point bid. Something like that. Like it's a little deep. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I've got the Strategic Advisor on the uh, Psy Moon just to, to bring me up to roughly, well, you know, pseudo four activations. Um, so I'm kind of trying to try to draw him into the traps and uh, blow him up. I only have two Tie Fighters though. That's the uh, the only problem, and I'm a little worried about any kind of squadron uh, stuff, which is pretty strong in the meta right now. Um, any other questions? No, oh, that's good. Uh, your name and what list you're flying? Hey, I'm uh, Daniel Bernardi, and I'm flying a Rebel Recon list. It consists of five ships. There's two Hammerheads, two Nebulas, and a Pelta Command. I've also got five good squadrons there. I've got the Bigs Wedge combo with a YT and an X-Wing to tank up, and then I got Nim to do some some strategic damage. Uh, other than that, we've got some external racks going on, intensify firepower to keep things consistent, and uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of small ships, but a lot of dice to throw. Uh, so who was who got first? Gizmo did get first, right? Gizmo was going first. What I were, would be what, second. What, what was uh, what's the uh, objective? Objective, yeah. It's going to be advanced gunnery. That's can you say be, that again? Uh, what can you say the obje objective will be? Yeah, the objective will be advanced gunnery. So he has chosen his interdictor uh, because his Simon already had gunnery on it, and I have chosen my salvation nebula. So I'll be throwing a lot of uh, a lot of dice. The same all zone should be should be good. All right, great. <laughs> Sounds if we just hold it. Um, I will do my side moon. It's contract firepower. I will bank the token, which is this one. And just gonna borrow your rain, uh, movement ruler, spin one. one you one. sure can, I'm not gonna need it for this next roll. <laughs> Give me my acrylic. Thank you. I am definitely on this button.